0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the channel. Salvetry here and today we're going to take a final look at the NFL Week Six DFS slate over on DraftKings. It will translate to other sites as well. So this is the final look, quote unquote, for YouTube, but if you are a Patreon, you know that on Sunday morning, we do our official final look where it's a podcast, and I go through exactly where my exposures are probably going to end up at, where they are at, stacks I'm getting two players I'm not getting to that are popular, my one-offs, my sneaky plays, all that type of stuff, so if you do want exclusive content to that, that is linked up down below, it is on Patreon, that's not the only thing that's on there though, there's a load of things, I think there's like 10 to 12 different things that I'm pumping out on Patreon a week for the NFL people, hopefully you're all getting a ton of value from that Really appreciate all the support. So if you do want to get access to that and all the other things, you can click the link down below and check it out. It's my exclusive content over on Patreon. Follow me on Twitter at SalVetriDFS. Hit the subscribe button. We're very close. By the time you're watching this, there's a chance if you're watching this later in the week when this video is out, there's a great chance we hit 12,000 subscribers. So thank you all so much. I cannot emphasize how much fun I have doing this. So I appreciate each and every one of you, each and every one of you that is a positive person, right? All 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 you bickering people out there, Uh, you, you You can keep it. You can keep the appreciation. You know what I'm saying? But thank you so much. I do appreciate that. So let's get into this slate. Before we do, like I said, just check out everything in the description below. And with that said, let's move our way over. The the sheet has been filtered down, is what we can say, right? So usually on Tuesday, we take our initial look. If you're new here, um, we take our initial look. Also, if you're new here, check out my um, show on Monday from the Pat Mayo Experience. Check out Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. I'm on O at 11 a.m. All right, gang, quickly before we get into it, this video is sponsored by Fantasy Draft. You guys gotta go play on Fantasy Draft. You're gonna be saving anywhere from 10% to 20% upwards, um, on average, 15% rake. And what is rake? Well, it's just a maintenance and it's a management fee. So if you're playing on Fantasy Draft, yeah you're going to save that much money automatically fantasy draft all you have to do is pay for transactions transactions are like two or three percent that's a much different number than paying the 15 to 20 or 15 percent on average rate that you're going to have to pay I'm playing on DraftKings and FanDuel. Now, do I play on DraftKings and FanDuel? I pretty much play on on DraftKings exclusively, but this season so far for NFL, I've been playing a ton over on Fantasy Draft. It's really fun. Like I actually enjoy it over there. They have a different format with two flexes. And again, a lot more people are getting paid out in tournaments because they're taking a lot less off the top in the form of rake or management fees, whatever you feel more comfortable calling it. But right now, if you want a free entry into this Fantasy Draft contest for this weekend, the big one, the main event, $500,000 tournament, down below, I'll link up my podcast on iTunes. You go, you click that, you just leave a five-star review, you will be entered in. Leave a five-star review with your Fantasy Draft username, you will be entered in. It's a $28 value per ticket. Three people are going to be picked come Sun or Saturday morning. Saturday morning at 10 a.m., I will pick three people. It will be credited to your account. So check it out. It's Fantasy Draft. Again, why not do free? It takes two seconds. Click the link down below. Leave a review. Help the podcast out. Thank you all so much. I appreciate it. Let's get back to this video. So, Deshaun Watson, lots of interest here. The matchup is fantastic. It's obviously the best game environment on the slate. He's third in fantasy points per attempt on the slate. He has a lot better career splits when he's on the road. Um, without a doubt. When he's well, when he's coming playing from behind, and then you also get um, just bumps there as well. So playing from behind is where he has those career splits. But now you're going to go up against Kansas City, who is missing their probably two best defensive linemen for this game. They put Williams on IR. He's done with a high ankle sprain. Chris Jones is going to be questionable, maybe leaning towards doubtful. So an offensive line that kept him upright. No sacks last week, although they're still a faulty offensive line. They're not going to have to face two defensive linemen that are very, very stout, uh, both in the running game and then forcing pressure, obviously, Chris Jones. So you so much and have to love the matchup here. Um, really like the spot for him at 6,700 if you're paying up. Kyler Murray at 6,500. He's averaging 40 attempts per game. He's averaging over 40 rushing yards per game. You love to see that combination when a guy uh, for the last three weeks has been getting you close to double-digit fantasy points on the ground every single week. We have yet to see this floor and, uh, or this the floor and ceiling combo is fantastic, but we've yet to see this true ceiling in terms of getting on the ground, the rushing touchdown, getting in the air with a, a receiving game, uh, touchdown, passing touchdown, and a lot more. So I love the spot for him against Atlanta. Atlanta right now is is bottom three in the league in terms of how many points. They gave up to the cornerback position, Matt Ryan. I like it a lot, but it's so, so difficult stacking him. Austin Hooper's in play. Julio is obviously in play. Calvin Ridley, Muhammad new is having the best year of his career to this point right now. All of these guys are in play and stacking. That's four guys. You only want to pick two for your stack. So although it's a fantastic spot, Arizona is bottom two in fantasy points per game. Matt Ryan leads the slate with Jared Goff in attempts per game at 44. Um, It's tough for me to try and figure out where I want to stack him, but Matt Ryan is definitely a top five play on the slate in my opinion. And Gardner Minshew, my interest in Gardner Minshew has shot up a ton. I love. We'll get to him. D.D. Westbrook is probably one of the best low end plays on the slate. Shark is, if you think he beats matchups with Marshawn Lattimore here, a fine play. And then Gardner Minshew just has a one off in cash plays, whatever it might be. The rushing upside is so good. He has a fantastic line. It's a pick 'em right here. So it's not like they're going to be playing from ahead and they're not going to pass it as much. And then also his running back, who is going to get a lot of volume, let him for net on the ground, is also running the most routes in the league. Leonard Fournette, as Lafayette said on the Osmo Show, a poor man's Christian McCaffrey. I love that. But he's running the most routes in the league right now, and he's averaging just insane target usage, top two in the league in terms of his targets. Um, His targets plus his opportunities on the ground are so, so good. We'll get to that when we talk about Fournette. But why does this help Gardner Minshew? Well, if your running back's not just primarily a a receiving or a running game option, he's a receiving game option as well. It's clearly giving you easier chunk plays on the ground to keep drives alive or uh, short uh, chunk plays in the short game, game, right, in screens and just dump offs to Fournette to keep your drives alive when things break down. So, Like... Gardner Minshew a lot. I like him more than Kirk Cousins for a a cheap price savings. Cousins is in a good spot. The narrative here is that Philly's run defense has been great. Maybe it stops Dalvin Cook, and then you get Dalvin Cook going to the receiving game more. He's been a good passer there, 12 catches the last two weeks, and it gives Kirk Cousins an ability to potentially throw 35 plus times, which he has not been doing much this year, averaging 25 attempts per game. Now those 25 attempts per game are heavily skewed by week one, only throwing 10 times. The matchup is fantastic. The secondary is, is absolutely brutal. The talent with Diggs and Thielen on the outsides at wide receiver is going to overmatch Philly's secondary. It's just a matter of how often does this secondary actually get tested. Lamar Jackson against Cincinnati is a good spot. I doubt I get much here. It's going to be a very contrarian build to go Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews, and Hollywood Brown. And I don't think it's a bad build against the Cincinnati defense. Um, they're 11-point favorites, though, so that's a concern. Maybe they lean heavily on the run. I think it moved to 12-point now with Mark Ingram. He's number two in fantasy points per touch. He's leading the slate, as expected, right ahead of Kyler Murray in rushing yards per game. Obviously, huge for running backs. Makes you, um, makes you viable to play naked. If you don't know what that means, playing naked means not stacking anybody with them from their team, just playing that quarterback. And I'm liking Dak more and more now. I just love Michael Gallup's matchup. We'll get to it. I love Amari Cooper's matchup. And when I like both wide receivers from a team, there's a really good chance I start getting to the quarterback. I know that Dak is an eight and a half point favorite. I also hint, hint, we're about to get to it. Love Zeke Elliott. So I'm going to have some shares of Dak in the passing game and lineups that I don't get to Zeke. And the reason that I have more interest now is because Sam Darnold is playing. So there's a chance that this game stays within a touchdown the whole time and Dak is still forced to throw instead of it just blowing out like it likely would have if Luke Falk was still in there. Let's move over to running back. If you can, if you check out the description down below, look at all the stuff in there, hit the subscribe button before, be, for sure. And also we're running for the month of October. It's, there's a GoFundMe link down below if you want more information, but you can donate to this channel on live streams. You can reach out to me to make a donation as well. GoFundMe is linked up below. They don't take any percentage from go uh, from donations. So you can donate there as well and just say that you were um, told through this channel if you would like. Um, but it's a GoFundMe for somebody who passed away last year uh, at the age in his in his mid-30s and he left two young toddler daughters behind They're being taken care of for the family. So for this month of October, it's going to be the one-year anniversary of that at the beginning of November. We're trying to get as many donations during the live streams and during these shows as we can. And I'm going to match that donation that everybody accumulates and I'm going to send it to the family right around the holiday season, right around the one-year anniversary of it. So if at all, we can make it a little bit easier for this family during a very rough time, which should be a special time for people during the holiday season. Uh, It's something that I want to do. So if you're interested in making a donation to that, come for one of the live streams. I'll be live tonight, depending on when you're watching this Thursday Night Football Sunday before the game start, or you can just make a donation right through that GoFundMe if you don't want to find a workaround through me. Uh, what I'm going to do is just take all the donations and, and have my parents um, actually hand deliver it. I'm not located near them, but have my parents hand deliver it. They're going to drive a couple hours and meet the family. so It should be a cool thing. So that's just the ad for this video if you want to say that, but I appreciate you tuning in. Um, And listening for that. So running back Zeke Elliott is probably one of my favorite running backs on the board. Not my favorite, but one of my favorites. He's a big favorite favorite for his team. And the reason that I'm liking him more and more is because no CJ Mosley likely for this game. No Henry Anderson. Those are two of the five best run stoppers, I would say, for the Jets. So fantastic spot. And even in bad spots, Zeke has excelled. Last week, his team was down by two to four scores the entire game pretty much. And Zeke still touched the ball 14 times, only 14 times, but was productive. Over 90 um, yards and a touchdown. The week before, in a really bad matchup against the Saints, doesn't do anything much on the ground, but still finds his way into the end zone, catches six balls, right? Um, he gets pulled at week early uh, or early week one. Week two, he gets pulled early when he's going off against Miami. He's been doing good with his touches this year. Now he's going to get a matchup where his team's a touchdown favorite and the two of the five best run stoppers, which is huge to note, Henry Anderson and O.C.J. Mosley, again, for Mosley, Anderson injured last week, I believe an AC joint sprain, um, It's going to be a smash spot for Zeke, in my opinion. David Johnson, monitor his health, doesn't practice Wednesday. If David Johnson doesn't play, there's a really good, there's a real conversation around having around 100% of Chase Edmonds, the the backup here against Atlanta. Um, I'm probably going to end up with close to 100% of Edmonds if David Johnson doesn't play, at least 80 plus percent. So uh, if Johnson does play, it's a fantastic spot. Atlanta has only allowed the third fewest receptions to running backs, which is not something you're used to, but they haven't been facing all that many running backs who are workhorses and catch the ball. Uh, They've been facing guys like Carlos Hyde last week. Guys like Derrick Henry, the Eagles backfield that is not heavily used in the passing game, especially not week two. Um, Marlon Mack, who is not heavily used in the passing game. These are the running backs they face. They have yet to face a David Johnson. If he plays at 7,600, he's way too cheap. Um, And as of right now, he did not practice Wednesday. So keep an eye on that. Leonard Fournette, the workload's just fantastic. Leonard Fournette right now, running the most routes in the league. Like I said, volume is king for this guy. He ran 43 routes last week. Just insane. He's running more routes than Christian McCaffrey. That's absolutely insane. He's not leaving the field. He's getting all the work in the receiving game, all the work on the ground, red zone work. He's going to continue to grade out really well. It's a tough matchup against New Orleans, but if you're telling me that Leonard Fournette's going to touch the ball, what, 25 times and have all the red zone work at 6,700, he's just still 500 to $1,000 too cheap here. Le'Veon Bell might be the best running back playing the slate at 6,400 against Dallas. Le'Veon Bell um, has been fantastic. He's averaging the most opportunities on this entire slate out of any running back. 25.75 per game. He's still running a ton of routes, top 10 in that department, even with a bye. You get Sam Darnold back, so now you're going to have more sustained drives. You're going to get a lot more drives going closer to the end zone. And Dallas has struggled against versatile backs. Saquon on 14 touches. Week one goes for 140 yards. We saw Aaron Jones last week go for 180 total yards. We saw Kamara go for 90 yards in a game where they held him down. Um, so against versatile running backs, they've struggled. And that's exactly what Le'Veon Bell is. He's averaging eight targets per game. I really like Le'Veon Bell this week. He's, he's way too cheap. Um, absolutely love it chris carson's in a good spot he's way too cheap played 84 percent of the snaps last week on thursday night football was active in the receiving game was active on the ground a ton he's averaging um 18.8 rushes per game which is top four in this slate he's averaging three and a half uh, targets per game which i imagine that keeps going up if he indeed plays 80 plus percent of the snaps again i do like carson at the price tag the guys that i have some interest in is definitely dalvin cook the matchup is brutal but he's still interesting because we know what his ceiling is like but i'm gonna have way more Zeke elliott and probably more of the next guy alvin Kamara. jacksonville's defense ranks dead last right now in dvoa so it's a good matchup against Kamara. We've seen, we've seen just old running backs. LaShawn McCoy, Carlos Hyde, like these older guys who don't have as much burst anymore have success um, against Jacksonville. We saw Christian McCaffrey just absolutely torch them last week, a guy who's comparable now to Alvin Kamara. I do have interest in Alvin Kamara. And then all these cheap guys that I don't have a ton of interest in, uh, but I think Adrian Peterson's worth mentioning for cash games and, and a script where his, court, where his coach came out and said, we want to run the ball a lot. And now you face Miami, who is not the worst. They rank um, right now, I think, uh, bottom 10 in the league, but they're right there at 10 in, in defending the run. But they just give up a ton of yards because teams get out big on them and run the ball 35 plus times. Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson, both of these players from this game, are in a good spot. We mentioned the defensive line injuries for Kansas City. When you factor in those defensive line injuries, but then you also factor in that Kansas City, since the beginning of last year, is dead last in DVOA against the run. This year, they're second to last in DVOA, DVOA, only to Jacksonville against the run. It's a really good spot for Carlos Hyde, although he's an underdog, but then even better spot for Duke Johnson if they do play from behind and get him on the field for, instead of 40% of the snaps, 60% of the snaps. Has, hashtag free Duke Johnson. And then Todd Gurley, this was the last guy in for me, like right before I started the video, he's just too cheap. But this San Fran defense is actually scary. Um, like it's a pretty good defense. We saw Nick Chubb, though, have success in a game where his team was trailing by a ton. Um, but Todd Gurley, 6,200. I think it's too cheap of a price point for a guy who he didn't practice Wednesday. So monitor that. Doesn't practice. I believe it was like a quad injury, maybe a groin injury. Um, but he was 6,200. and He just played 93% of the snaps. Uh, so keep an eye on Todd Gurley's status. People are going to say, Sal, where's Mark Ingram? Look, Mark Ingram's $6,600. I understand the matchup's good. I understand he's a really big favorite here. But while you're playing him, you're playing him because you want touchdowns. But Mark Ingram's receiving game upside is like one to one and a half fantasy points more times than not, if that, right? And then your upside for anybody else around his price range, Le'Veon Bell in the receiving game. The average game for Le'Veon Bell in the receiving game is around eight and a half fantasy points. The average game right there for Leonard Fournette, $100 above him, is 6.7 fantasy points per game in the receiving game. These guys are literally scoring a touchdown more than he is in the receiving game. So the fact that everybody's going, oh, but Sal, Mark Ingram is going to have more touchdown opportunity. First of all, I don't think he is, not more than Leonard Fournette. He'll probably have very similar um, Second, Le'Veon Bell definitely has touchdown upside as well. But if you're saying, oh, but they're 12-point favorites, he'll be around the goal line more used. So will these other running backs. And these other running backs have much, much better pass-catching roles. So Mark Ingram, yes, he's in a fine spot against Cincinnati here, not getting stuffed all that much. But he has no uh, receiving role upside, which just completely caps his ceiling, in my opinion. You're betting on touchdowns there. You're betting on a two-to-three touchdown game for him to be in the winning lineups and GPPs. And sure, it can happen. We've seen it happen this year. But I just don't want to put my money behind a multi-touchdown game. So... That's where I'm at right now. I don't really have any interest in Nick Chubb. He's just at a really weird price point. And for me, I don't get there. I much prefer the guys below and above him. Devonta Freeman, I don't have much interest in. I think his price tag is a little bit too expensive, in my opinion. And Atlanta's run blocking has suffered a lot more than their pass protection uh, when it comes to their offensive line injuries so far this season. Joe Mixon is very cheap. Baltimore's run defense is better than I think people give it credits for. They just had like one or two, really one and a half bad games. But Cincinnati's offensive line, Andre Smith, another guy who seems to be gone down with an injury. They just can't catch a break there. Moving to wide receiver. Wide receiver is always the the highest or the most players in the slate as it should be. Um, There's not a lot of notes here, but if you want my game by game notes, a 10 page document on every single game, my notes on the players I like, that's also on Patreon. I'm telling you, I put about a 20 to 30 hours a week into just Patreon content alone. That's not counting YouTube. So um, you can check that out. There's a lot of hard uh, work that goes into that and a lot of good analysis that I think people are benefiting from. I think we have about 180 patrons over there right now. So it's been fantastic. Julio Jones, interesting, especially if you want to stack really good matchup against Atlanta, not much, or Arizona, not much to say there. He is going to get double-team, though. That's the concern. So double-teams are going to help out Calvin Ridley. They're going to help the middle of the field with Sanu and Hooper. So he just has to beat these double-teams, and Byron Murphy will be on him for the most part this game, not the greatest of cornerbacks. So I think it's an interesting spot. Peterman will be on Ridley on the other side, which is a, if anything, okay cornerback against him. And then Tremaine Brock will be in the slot defending Muhammad Sanu. That's by far the best matchup right there, in terms of Muhammad Sanu has the best matchup for the wide receivers. In this game, not counting Austin Hooper, the tight end. Uh, but Tanu just doesn't have as much big play upside, in my opinion. Um, so, Julio, I still like. DeAndre Hopkins, I love. Oh my God, I love DeAndre Hopkins. He's probably going to have Rashad Breeland on him this game for most of it. Rashad Breeland ranks 125th in coverage. Rashad Breeland is, is terrible, a journeyman cornerback right there from the Packers last year and been moving around nonstop. But he also probably doesn't face as much double teams. Look, they double teamed him the whole first half last week, and Will Fuller erupted. You saw no double teams in the fourth quarter for, uh, Wolf or, um, for DeAndre Hopkins last week, and you know what happened? He started catching the ball more. Two guys weren't on him. You know why the guys weren't on him? Because Will Fuller was erupting on the other side of the field. There's no way that they're going to put single coverage with Charvavius Ward on Will Fuller this game. Um... Or there's no way that they're going to just put single coverage on him and double-team DeAndre Hopkins because he's going to do exactly what he did last week. The Chiefs do not have a good enough cornerback to lock down Will Fuller one-on-one to force double-teams to DeAndre Hopkins. They just don't. So what you're going to get here is DeAndre Hopkins with more single coverage, and obviously there'll be safeties, but not as shaded to him more towards the middle of the field. DeAndre Hopkins is in a smash but He's way too cheap. Cooper Cup against San Fran. San Fran, if they've been weak anywhere, it's been in the slot. Quan Williams started, has been starting in the slot the last two weeks and been slowly improving, but Cooper Cup leads the entire league with targets per game at 12.6. It's an absolutely fantastic spot for him. He's the guy from, um, from the Rams that I really have, the only guy that I have interest in for the most part. Richard Sherman, who is only allowing, on average, five and a half fantasy points per game to wide receivers, will probably be on Robert Woods. No interest there. Brandon Cooks in the concussion protocol will also be um, probably going up um, in this game against a quarterback that cornerback that only has allowed, so far this year, 30 receiving yards total, total through two games now. So um, not good there. Uh, Adam Thielen, I do like against Atlanta. He's not owned at all. Adam Thielen has 50% of the overall team's air yards. 50% of the of the air yards in the football in the air when it's in the air from Kirk Cousins are going to Adam Thielen. That's insane. He's seeing only 25% of the target share, but 50% of the air yards. So yeah, he's in play. Tyler Boyd against Baltimore. Baltimore has been torched all year long in the slot. They lost Tavon Young in the preseason before the season even started. They gave up over 100 yards to both of the Carolina or or the Cardinals wide receivers week one. They've given up big games left and right to wide receivers. Baltimore every single week now has given up a good performance to a wide receiver. And you get Tyler Boyd, who is third on this slate in targets per game at 10.4 in a very beneficial matchup there. Larry Fitzgerald, I like the price point in a high-scoring matchup against Atlanta. Middle of the field is where you funnel to Atlanta. Good spot. Michael Gallup's too cheap. I tweeted about this. Follow me on Twitter, at SalvageDFS. Michael Gallup's $5,600. He's going to be going up in this game. And let me get my, my notes up really quickly here because I want to make sure I get this right. But he's $5,600. Obviously, he's getting a ton of targets, 9.7. Uh, missed a couple of games with the injury. But now you get Michael Gallup coming into this game. And here we go. He's going to be going up against Daryl Roberts. Daryl Roberts has allowed 23 receptions for 241 yards and three touchdowns this year. That's an average of 17.4 fantasy points per game to the wide receivers that Daryl Roberts has, has been covering. These Jets cornerbacks are some of the worst in the league. If you're a Jets fan watching this, you know that. You know how bad Tremaine Johnson is. You know how bad. um, You're lucky you have Jamal Adams in the safety position, but you know how bad Daryl Roberts has been. And now Michael Gallup, a guy who's averaging almost 10 targets per game, top five on the slate, or top six on the slate in terms of targets per game at 9.7. Is going to get to go up against that for 5,600? Yeah, you could be be damn sure at low ownership I'm going to get to Michael Gallup. DJ Shark, D.D. Westbrook. D.D. Westbrook's in a fantastic spot. P.J. Williams all year long has just been absolutely dominated. Here, I have the notes on P.J. Williams as well. I will read them off to you. Um, PJ Williams this year. Ready? Week one, Kenny Stills. Three catches, 37 yards, and a touchdown. Week two, Cooper Cup. Five catches, 120 yards, and a touchdown. Week three, Tyler Lockett. 11 catches, 154 yards, and a touchdown. And then last week, Chris Goblin. Seven catches, 125 yards, and two touchdowns. Why is PJ Williams still in this league? He's primarily the slot cornerback. He's played over 90% of his snaps this year in the slot, and now a guy in D.D. Westbrook has played the majority of his snaps in the slot is going to go up against him. $5,100 in 5% ownership right now or 3%, way too cheap. Uh, DJ Shark is going to go up against Lattimore. Marshawn Lattimore has shadowed three out of five of his matchups this year. Week one, DeAndre Hopkins, he got torn apart. Week four, Amari Cooper, he shuts him down. Week five, he holds Mike Evans to zero catches on three targets. Zero. He goose eggs the guy. So, Marshall Lattimore's been good the last four weeks. You know why his his overall season stats look bad? Because he got torched week one for two touchdowns and over 100 yards uh, to DeAndre Hopkins. So, do I think he'll shadow uh, uh, DJ Shark here is the question. I think he does. DJ Shark is definitely a guy who fits the mold of a Deshaun, um, or DeAndre Hopkins, not in terms of skill, don't quote me on that, just in terms of the size and the speed, right? He's the only guy who has size and speed like De- uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, Amari Cooper has speed, but not size. Mike Evans has size, but not speed. I think this is a beneficial matchup for DJ Shark, even if he does get a shadow treatment. Preston Williams is right there with Robbie Anderson. These two guys, 4,100 and 4,000. The two cheapest guys that I would go and trust in a tournament. Uh, Robbie Anderson going to get to go up against Dallas, who's still injured in the secondary. They placed uh, Safety Frazier, one of their starting safeties, on IR a couple, I think, two weeks ago now. And then you get Robbie Anderson, who's just going to have more big play upside with Sam Darnold back. And then you have Preston Williams, who leads this team in targets and snaps at the wide receiver position over the last three weeks, coming out of a bye now against this Washington secondary that ranks bottom 10 in the league. I like Amari Cooper. He gets to go up against um, uh, Tremaine Johnson. Again, the game flow is a bit of a concern as a big favorite, but if Sam saying on back, I feel a little bit more comfortable. Tyree Kill, monitor Tyree Kill's status. He practiced um, in a limited fashion on Wednesday. They said that if he does practice, they're optimistic. Andy Reid said that he'll practice in full this week. If he does, 6900 in this matchup against Houston is way too cheap for Tyree Kill. Uh, The rest of the guys, Marquise Brown, I like if you get the stacks with Lamar Jackson. Uh, Stefan Diggs, I like if you get the stacks with Kirk Cousins and Adam Thielen. The the rest of these guys are pretty much if you're stacking, right? Um, Calvin Ridley, if you want to go to stacks to him, is okay. He had a good week last week. Another beneficial matchup for him will come this week. McCole Harmon. McCole Harmon is a fantastic play if there's no Sammy Watkins. He's an even better play if there's no Sammy Watkins and Tyree Kill coming out of the slot primarily. Um, Jamison Crowder is a better cash play, in my opinion. Michael Thomas. This is big. So Jalen Ramsey is trending towards playing, but we'll have to see at the end of that. He's practicing a limited variety on Wednesday and Thursday. But if J- if Jalen Ramsey is not playing, look, he'll, he'll shadow Michael Thomas for only like half of this game. So not a full on shadow, really. Michael Thomas moves into the slot on about a third of his routes. Jalen Ramsey doesn't move into the slot that much. But if he's not in there, Michael Thomas is going to have an absolute mismatch in terms of who he's going to be going up against um, this year. A guy whose overall PFF grades is much, much lower than Jalen Ramsey. You're going to go from one of the worst um, cornerbacks in the league to then Jalen Ramsey, one of the best, uh, depending on this injury. So... I'll get to more Michael Thomas if Jalen Ramsey's out. And lastly, Jarvis Landry at 52, um, uh, or Michael Thomas, yeah, if Jalen Ramsey is out. And then um, Jarvis Landry, I have some interest in at 5,200. Not a ton, but it is a beneficial matchup for a guy who's been playing very, very well. Last up. Tight ends. I like a lot of tight ends. So here's the thing. All these tight ends that are in yes right now are all coming in at 15 or more ownership. 15% or plus ownership. So pretty much just matters which one you like. Ownership doesn't even matter that all that much at this point. I like Ertz against Minnesota. They've struggled against good tight ends. They gave up a good game to Austin Hooper. He scored almost 20 points. They gave up 13 receptions and over 130 yards to Darren Waller. He's a good tight end. Last week, you had a floor game um, for Evan Ingram, who still catches six balls for over 40 yards. So not a great game, but a floor game. So they're struggling with good tight ends, as most teams do. Zach Ertz is in play. George Kittle right now, the highest owned tight end. He's in a very good spot, in my opinion. He's the only guy that I get to here for San Fran because they just move the ball around way too much. He's still seeing almost 30% of the targets here. Austin Hooper. Yeah, it's a dream matchup. He's averaging 8.4 targets per game. He's getting ownership and so are all these other guys. So $5,000 for Austin Hooper is a very good price tag. When it comes down to it, all these five tight ends, I'll have equal exposures to probably the higher end of Ertz, Kittle, and Hooper the most. Like I'll spread out my exposures there. Then I'll get some Travis Kelsey, who I think is just overpriced now. Look, Travis Kelsey's obviously a really good tight end, but even though this offense has been struggling and Travis Kelsey has been catching the ball, but not getting in the end zone because teams are playing more man coverage over the top against Mahomes and just completely stopping uh, the end zone and the red zone usage from this team. So Travis Kelsey, it's weird that his price point hasn't dipped down to like 6,500 or so. So DraftKings being very stubborn there. Mark Andrews. I really like the matchup for Andrews. He has not been practicing so far this week. So just keep an eye on that. Gerald Everett, if you want to get there, fine. I like Gerald Everett only, really, if Brandon Cooks is out. Um, and, and then I like Will Disley, who's been on the field 85, 89% of the snaps last week. They scheme for him. It's an interesting spot for Will Disley. He'll be lower owned just due to the fact that Andrews and, and Ertz and Kittle and Hooper are all in the same price range. But yeah, this is a week where there's not really a standout for me at tight end. People will jump on their, on their high horse and go, Austin Hooper's the standout. Austin Hooper is averaging the same amount of targets pretty much per game as George Kittle. Zach Ertz is averaging more targets and more production per game um, than Austin Hooper. So look, it's not like Austin Hooper's $3,000 at $3,500 anymore. He's the same price as these other guys. So albeit a very good matchup, these other guys also have good matchups in terms of Zach Ertz, in my opinion, in terms of George Kittle, in my opinion. So uh, they're all in the same price range. I'll just have equal exposure to each of them. I'm not going to take a major stand. That is it, gang. I appreciate you tuning in. You can get my exclusive content over on Patreon down below. You can follow me on Twitter at DFS. If you have interest in doing my NFL Daily Fantasy course, that's also linked up down below. If you join as a patron, you'll get a $100 discount off of that course as well. So lots of things going on here for me content-wise. I'll be on the Pat Mayo Show this upcoming Monday at, at 1 p.m. Eastern time. And then I will also be on Osmo at 11 a.m. on Saturday and then Tuesdays and Thursdays at 11 a.m. as well with uh, Dave Laffey, And Saturday will be with Chris Randone. So appreciate you tuning in. Please check out that GoFundMe below if you have the time. You don't have to donate if you don't want, just to get more information and spread the word about it. Something that I'm trying to do to just help a family out during the holiday season. I think it would be very, very um, helpful for them and something that if somebody did it for me, I would be oh so grateful. So uh, thank you. I appreciate you guys tuning in. Follow me on Twitter, at SalVetriDFS. Follow me on Instagram, at SalVetri. And anywhere else that you want to follow me, make sure to follow me. So my name's Sal. You already know that. Peace out, gang!